Chapter 2, The Holdup, which is an interesting title because um, there was no holdup. I was expecting like a bank holdup. It's more of a, a stall in time, I well, guess, there right? Was, there was an attempted holdup at the end that oh, I Carity right. describes – Yes, but yes. to name the chapter, the holdup after someone one thing that claims that so earlier quick. there was a holdup, it seems it's, like it's a other, bad chapter. Name. Other things happened in this chapter. Yeah, I also I think uh, it was a joke at first, but now it's pretty serious. I think we need to start doing a pocket and hat count for every chapter. Yeah, how many times is the word pocket and hat used? Chapter two checked both boxes. Pockets it, it and hats them. were mentioned. Yes. So the the, cha- the chapter starts there. Chasing after Chet's stolen jalopy. Yes, this bright yellow one. That, and they know uh, that it known. went. It's a known car. Yeah. Apparently everyone around Bayport knows the queen. Yeah. But um, they, A, are, are this, this, this auto thief that stole it. Um, they're they're saying you know it seems strange that a thief would take a car that recognizable. Auto thieves usually that's take so loud. Yeah, something that's a little. Auto thieves usually take cars of a standard make and color. And to that I say, have they not heard of Memphis Reigns? That is a good question. Mike drop. But yeah, Gone in sixty seconds was all about flashy cars. Flashy cars. Yeah. It's all about uh, and they were great. The big ones. They sell the best. Yeah, it's also fast getaway. If I'm taking a normal standard car, I'm not going to get away so quick. If I'm in this fast yellow jalopy that has its engine work, but not on as all fast as a motorcycle. Well, clearly, it's not fast as a motorcycle. Not as fast as a motorcycle with two people on it, one of whom being heavy set. Interestingly, so uh, they now have this revelation, uh, or no, they haven't had the revelation yet. Um, it's possible the thief didn't steal Chet's car to sell it. Maybe for some reason he was making a fast getaway and he'll abandon it. And I thought, isn't it slow and kind of heavy? Like, that's what they, you know, were going for. Yeah. Um, but I was trying to think back to the first chapter and like Chet's house, he lives on a farm. Why is this man running to this farm? It's running possible to the farm. that he went there, but he's not going to see anything beforehand. Well, and the garage was not locked, but it was closed. How does he know there's a How does he know there's a, nice a car, car back there? there? And why would that be like, oh, quick, maybe that garage has a speedy car in it that I can steal for a fast ca-. It just seems a little bit contrived at this point. Yeah. I'm not fully on board with the boys' assumptions at this point. I don't think I've been on board with many of their assumptions yet. So the, the first thing, uh, they, they come to a stop because they see some cabbage farmers. Which do you think they stopped uh, near uh, the ledge? I think it's safe to assume that they because parked somewhere very dangerous. Immediately after it says they came to a stop, if you flip to the next page, he scrambled over the fence. How did he see these people if there's a fence there? I mean, I'm imagining a, a big white fence for some reason. Okay, I'm imagining like your standard farm fence, like three like logs sort of spaced out where you could crawl between. It's just it's there to keep the cows in. It's okay. It's there to so keep the cabbage a, from running away. From the cabbage. I get you. I'm now. not hung up on I, the fence. I was pretty I'm not hung, hung up, up on, on the fence. fence. Okay. There was no need for that fence to be there, and he did not need to jump the fence. Yeah. So It added nothing. I love that these old cabbage farmers just seem to mess with him. So, oh, so yeah. Frank gets off his bike. and, and Hops and the go, fence. Hops the fence. And... Uh, 
he jumps across the rows of small plants until he reaches the first farmhand. And he says, did you see a yellow jalopy go by here within the past hour? Um, and then they just start messing with this guy. Which the farmer just replies, eh? eh? <laughs> but first, eh? the old, the lanky old farmer leaned on his hoe and put a hand to one ear. Like, he's taking some time. And I got to think, if I'm working a field yeah. and some high schooler runs up to me and they're like, hey, have you seen a car? I'd be like, what? But like... To come to a stop. Yeah. And then the farmer calls to his companions, and they all amble over. And then they pass around tobacco, as it's you pocket do. pocket tobacco. Pocket tobacco. There's the pockets. We've a got plug cookies. of tobacco from the pocket of his overalls. Yeah. And then uh, they all just start going around and talking about whether or not they saw a yellow car. Uh, spoiler alert. No. They don't. No, it, it's a lot of. But it. they all they answer. saw a semi truck. They saw a semi truck that was know. neither yellow nor a car. And they asked the good questions, like, "Was it shiny?" <laughs> and they had to say, "No." Was it a brand new car, real shiny? Asked the fourth member of the group. And then we're back to, "You're all wrong." The deaf man interrupted. <laughs> I mean, the deaf man is the most you know intense listener Who there is, is the of deaf this group. Man? Who is the deaf what, man? What's the purpose of making him deaf? And how could the deaf man interrupt with you're all wrong? These people, unless they were also, it wasn't written, but they were also doing sign language so that the yeah. deaf man could keep up. He's just good at reading lips. <laughs> Real That's good. why they talk so slow. They do everything so slow so the deaf man can just be like, okay, who's talking right now? So one of the farmhands a moment before that said, uh, they were like, a yellow car? And he says, no, twarrant yeller. Yeah, that's You great think the deaf dialogue. guy struggled to read the lips on twarrant yeller? <laughs> That's a, it's definitely a regional <laughs> dialect issue. Oh, no. I'll also say that another one of the workers, before he could answer, had to remove his hat and mop his brow. Another hat mention. We're another hat hats. mention. I'm starting to think that they're just thrown in here just as a joke. Like this I wonder author if a was hat like, company, how many hats can I put into this? I wonder this? if a hat company sponsored the original writing of these books. It must and have been. And this is all sort of hat propaganda. Of it sorts. might be some sort of hat propaganda. I think we got to look into if the Hardy point. Boys ever sold hats back when these came out, if that was like a hot seller. Indiana Jones sells hats. Like you can buy the Indiana Jones hat. There's got to be a Hardy There's Boys probably hat. a Hardy Boys hat. Yeah. Um, no, Torrent Yeller. Yeah, so, so Frank runs Come back and tells it. the other guys, no luck. And I just got to say, if I ran into this field... And was there for what seems a few minutes. I mean, it's two enough time two to pull pages out of tobacco, dialogue. Chew it and yeah, let the deaf guy read everyone's lips. Yeah. That I would come back and be like, "You guys won't believe this. These old dudes just screwed with me for like they yeah. knew they knew I was in a hurry, and and they took their time. They all chewed tobacco. They stopped working to mess with me. And he uh, has such he has Frank such just an that story up front too, Frank, to where he says, "This is urgent. You need to move. I need to know what's going on." Oh yeah, there was one little. Uh, little line where he was sort of trying to conceal his uh his please hurry up and answer the car was stolen <laughs> we're frank, trying to find the thief <laughs> frank grit his teeth please hurry up and answer <laughs> it's a good note and then later frank strove to conceal his impatience please did any of you was, was it a, it a brand, brand new, new car? car yeah real shiny so another question about was it shiny so put this put this in your head Frank yeah. is, is impatient right now. They're back on the bikes. Let's go. No luck. Let's go. He says, "Not a, he's so impatient, he doesn't have the time to tell them what happened. We're on a mission. We got to go. I'll tell he's impatient. Way. Yeah. So they approach Bayport, and the trio saw a girl walking along the road ahead of them. 
And when the cyclist drew nearer, Frank's face lighted up, for he had recognized Callie Shaw, who was in his class at Bayport High. Frank often line. dated Callie and liked her better than any other girl he knew. And Frank knows a lot of girls. He's 18. Yeah, he's dating. Okay, he's older than the rest. But then, so, in a hurry, impatient, they see Callie Shaw. Next line, the boys bring their motorcycles to a stop. <laughs> because, of course, they do. In which it stops mid-sentence to where we have to turn the page to see where they stop. I'm thinking, is there a cliff nearby? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. The boys the boy, found what's a the dangerous point of having a overhang. All you're doing is stopping. Okay, they're never moving. They're stopping. So they pull up next to Callie Shaw, and uh, she has a slightly battered package, and she looks vexed. And then, hey, Callie, what's the matter? Frank asks. And then they just start talking to Callie about Callie baked a cake for an old woman, and then Joe took that opportunity to be like, oh, this." they said, Mrs. Who is it? Uh, Mrs. Wills down the road is ill so i baked her a cake and then joe's like lucky mrs wills this yeah. is an old ill woman don't don't be a, a high schooler here and show he some says, concern for your you elders. know callie i'm feeling ill yeah and i'm sure it's not written but there was a, a wink and there's definitely a wink there he just wants so basically yeah it was a cake he wanted some of that cake but the cake's right in front of you bro just take a bite See, put it in your pocket and they have abandoned the car yeah, they are into totally Callie and her now. cakes and making jokes about sick old women. The car does not come up until Callie yeah. says that. I, well, I'm I almost I'm upset got hit by your car because, yet. Yeah, your car almost ran me over. The guy you lent it to, uh, and then I, you know, I smashed this cake jumping out of the way. And then they're like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah stolen car, not just dating Callie Shaw." And then up comes my favorite line of them thinking like, oh, we're never going to catch him. And then which Chet groaned and was just like, oh, you know what? I just remembered actually the gas gauge wasn't working. I guess the the car had more gas in it than I thought. You've been working on this every day. And Are you going to forget that the ga- after you made such a clear like justification like, oh, it actually doesn't have a lot of gas. Yeah, so it can't go that far. Yeah. Not thinking – but I know that the gas gauge doesn't work. Maybe I'll remember that later. Yeah, th- this whole exchange, I think just once again, it's they're high schoolers. schoolers. Yeah, it makes sense. They're high schoolers. They're, they're, they're hot on this case. Puberty. They're hot on the case, but and they then see you a, got pretty a, girl. a pretty girl, a pretty brown Chet eyed Callie. Chet the cake. You know? <laughs> He's a man of cookies. And he's a he man of desserts. He put down his apple. Yeah. <laughs> he put down his apple and grabbed some cake. <laughs> he started slicing it up, said, can I put a little bit of apple in this cake? What's going on? So they say, Callie, will you describe this man? And she said, all I saw, it was a blur, but the man did have red hair. And I just wonder, how did they not ask, did he have a did hat? He, yeah. What was his <laughs> hat situation? Did you write? Did I he, wrote down. Is he hatless? Is he hatless? I wrote, did he have a hat? Yeah. I this mean, that's a, a, to make such a big deal about it in the other description of he was hatless and had red hair. Like, why would you not bring that up again? Yeah. Those are the two... The only That's two the two features that we know things that everyone Hatless has noticed and red haired, because given the dialogue and how this is written, I wouldn't be surprised. And and we'll get into this in a minute where this starts to make more sense. But if she would have been like he he had red hair, but he did have a hat, <laughs> and then they'd be like, oh, well, that, <laughs> that couldn't have been this him. guy because <laughs> this guy had no hat. That's like the level of detectiveness we're working with. Uh, so then, uh, then they start to say, you know, this. 
could have been the guy that wrecked the car. Yeah. This redheaded guy, the the wild driver that's that was clearly chasing driving us. Chet's car. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe that's the same guy. Maybe he wrecked this car and then went and stole Chet's car, which here's where I start to struggle with, with their assumptions because an auto thief yeah. stole his car with a score of keys. And this is they're they're hypothesizing that here's this crazy driver who wrecks his car, happens to be next to a farm, and then makes his way and, and Chet said he had 15 minutes since, like, he was last looking at the car. Yeah. The whole thing happened in 15 minutes. So in that 15 minutes, this guy wrecked a car, walked to a farmhouse, used one of his scores of keys to steal a jalopy from a garage that he couldn't see inside of from wherever he walked up from. I'm just saying, there's a lot of conditional statements here that, yeah. that make this a, a pretty rare it's circumstance. It's a pretty tall order. Yeah. Um, but then they uh, – so they say, maybe the wrecked car didn't belong to that fellow. Like, the – Maybe he had stolen this car. He's on the run. And Joe interrupted Frank to say that. You mean he'd stolen it too? And that just seems like an obvious revelation. Yeah, like at this point, we're talking it's about... It's so expositional. Like, hey, in case you didn't get it, let's make sure that Joe reminds you. And and let's make sure that you know that Joe's thinking. Because yeah. this has been a very Frank-centric... Frank went out into the field. Frank's talking to Callie. Frank's Frank, getting all the action. Yeah. Frank's got the girl. So you got to remember, the, Joe's yeah. here for support. Yeah. He noticed that... Yeah, it was probably stolen, too. To where I'm starting to think that they're trying to set up Frank as the dumb one. I'm starting to think Joe might be the dumb one. I'm starting to think they're both the dumb ones. <laughs> That's but, very true. But yeah. we'll see here. Um, but it end, this little scene end, ends with Frank promising. Callie's oh, like, oh, yeah. what are you boys talking about? And Frank goes, I'll phone you later tonight and tell you. In which I'm thinking, you got a phone. Why haven't you called the cops yet? You got a stolen car. I mean, we talked about this before. Yep. You, you haven't Another called Dad. Great you haven't called the police. You've got a but ruined you're call cake. Her? You've got a ruined cake, and you still haven't called the That's police. That's what I'm saying. Miss Mills is sick, and she's not getting her cake. I'm starting to think that these boys are are an accessory to the crime. I'm starting to at, think at it this too. point they're being complacent. They set up this stolen car for the insurance policy. See, then then we uh, we do go to the cops. Finally, they they go to the police station. Yes, and we meet a handful of people with fantastic names. One of my favorite names of Chief, all time, Chief Ezra Colleague. That's a, that's an okay name. It's that's a, an okay name. It's a good one. And then we meet the uh, toll booth, uh, the, the guy who runs the toll booth for the uh, for the ferry. Is yes, it? yeah, the old ticket seller at the city ferry boat office. Um, Ike Harity. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. You know, I'll give it to him. And then we've got a policeman and an amateur detective. And do you want to go ahead with their names, respectively? Uh, uh, we have a policeman named Con. Con Riley. Con Riley. Con. Because I'm going to trust a police officer whose first name is Con. And then we go into my favorite, Oscar Smuff. Oscar Smuff. Now, if we remove that and you know we change it around a bit, we have Oscar's Muff. Did you see that? Yeah, and and you can pronounce it any way you'd like. I'd like to say Oscar's Muff. So, Oscar's Muff is a checkered suit wearing soft felt soft felt hat. He's got wearing. the hat. He's got a hat. He's short and he's a stout man. And the last sentence is he called himself a private detective and was working hard to earn a place on the Bayport Police Force. And this is where I thought it's a little rude, because the narrator is clearly picking sides. Yeah. Like, if the narrator could have said he was working to become a detective, you know, he yes. had been trying to be a detective, he is acting as a detective, trying to work a, a permanent spot on the force, 
But the narrator says he called, he called himself, himself a private detective, which is a little condescending. Yeah, I feel. And there's They're another. He's a goof. There's another couple things in here that make you wonder: Is everything Oscar's stacked up against joke. Oscar's mom? Yeah, they, they want us to. Uh, he's the winning man. He's the chet of the police force. And and I just feel bad because he's a guy who's trying to yeah. do honest work to catch criminals. He. he why are we dogging on this dude for trying to make a difference, is my question. And it feels rude, and it feels short-sighted. I mean, they're really riding Oscar's muff. Oh, man, there was another little... Oh, one of my favorite lines is coming up of... So, they're telling a story right now. The, oh, yeah. the, you know, the police officers are trying to figure out what's going on, and it turns out that... Uh, who who was being held up? Someone had a revolver. I carity. Okay, yeah. I so... carity the, the ferry booth ticket sale. And he's just... I was just counting up the morning's receipts. Uh, when in comes this fella and sticks a revolver in front of my nose. Just, just a minute. Wait, yeah, <laughs> just a minute. <laughs> what can I do for you boys? So, because in walks the Hardy Boys, and that's where he decides to stop them. Yeah, I had this revolver had, in my face. There, There's a, a victim, and right as he says, somebody pulls a revolver and sticks it in front of my nose. The chief effectively says, hang on, there's high schoolers here. <laughs> There's an 18-year-old high schooler here. <laughs> In which their first line is, I came to report a theft. My hot rod was stolen. In which I would say, okay, sit down. Go talk to someone else. I'm dealing with this muggy. Yeah, there's, there was an armed a man robbery today. around town with a revolver. Yeah, this is okay, serious. Okay, my citizens are in trouble here. Yeah. Screw your car. Yeah. We got real problems here. But then Harity says... Was it a hot rod like this guy drove? And it turns out, yellow jalopy. Yeah. It's Chet's car. However, well, first of all, we we get into this uh, Oscar Smuff. And when he says, oh, a a yellow jalopy, Oscar Smuff yells out, ha, a clue. (laughs) And immediately pulled a pencil and notebook from his hat. And this, or from From his his pocket. pocket. Excuse me, from his pocket. pocket And, And this is when I was like, okay, narrator. He's trying hard. This is yeah. how Fenton Hardy was at this stage at one point where he got excited for a clue and wrote it down. He's at the stage that the Hardy boys are at, I feel and, like. And why hate on him for – so, yeah. So he gets excited about a clue. Yeah. And narrator's like, okay, you got super excited to find out that the car was yellow and it could have been Chet's car. Yeah. So holster that for a second because a paragraph later, my queen shouted Chet and the chief said, what's a queen got to do with all this? And Chet explained – uh, Chet explained, and then Chief related Harity's story for him and says, you know, a man drove up to the ferry boat office and tried to hold up Mr. Harity, but a passenger came into the office and the fellow ran away. When did the Chief hear that part? Because as I see it here, Harity was just starting he to was tell just his about story, to tell what happened, and then yeah. he was interrupted, and they got all wrapped up in this car chase thing. The stuff about a, a passenger coming in never never materialized yeah, you wouldn't start with that. yeah uh, like i don't know when the chief that. heard that because he had cut him off before he got to that i'm point. starting to think uh the chief is an inside man i'm starting to think maybe we should start trusting con riley yeah and then so so we're down here and uh then frank pops in with did you notice the color of the man's hair and Which, then smuff interrupted you know what's he got to do what's that got to yeah. do with it and then as they talk about the hair in this in this final little exchange that's when i was like Okay, the boys are excited that he had red hair, and Smuff was excited that it was a yellow car. They're all excited about dumb, obvious clues. I don't know why they have to hate on Smuff yeah, for, for his efforts just because just he's not a titular character. Yeah. 
in which we find out that it was dark brown and short cropped hair. Not okay. a not a shock this is of not red a hair. Shock of red hair, man. Still hatless. See, still hatless. And this, you know, this this per- perplexed Frank and Joe. They looked at each other and said, you know, you sure it wasn't red? Yeah, they had to confirm. Yeah, that this are you was sure? Not red brown hair. and red, they can be pretty close. We don't know how dark red this is. And a lot of redheads think they have brown hair. Yeah, and it so could be a why, reddish brown. Why, like, hmm, fair okay, question. This can't be the same guy. So. They, they they press this issue a little bit. They're they're talking a lot about the hair. Ike Herity is pretty yeah. sure Ike Hair. Ike realized that. Yeah, Mister Herity uh, is sure it's brown hair. Hundred yeah. percent positive on this. But then the passenger. I don't know if we have Henry J. Brown. Uh, Just reinforcing that it's brown. Yeah. Why that man? They're obsessed. But so he said he he's the guy who came in and and saw the hold up and then. Uh, the the thief ran away when this other passenger came in. Which you've got a gun. Yeah, I don't know. You, there's another unarmed passenger. It doesn't seem like your odds have changed. Like <laughs> you can finish the holdup. <laughs> it's a revolver. We know it has multiple bullets. Yeah, you can it's, take out more than one with this. Yeah, one. you could do one in one shot. If there were like, one if shot. there were like six passengers showed up, now you got Ike Herity and six. Pa- you got seven people, you six one, bullets. You yeah, got a problem. One witness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one witness. That's simple math. But uh, yeah, so this we have a cowardly thief. Like, finish the job, man. You've stolen two cars. Um, but this dude says, "I don't remember what kind of hair he had." And then he said, "Oh wait, say you, wait a minute. It was red hair. You couldn't miss it." <laughs> yeah. Which again, what we've was got the purpose a, of saying a I contradiction don't know. within a sentence. Which is the like, second time I this has no happened idea. with the man's yeah. hair. I have no idea. Oh wait, I'm a hundred percent positive it was <laughs> unforgettably red. It. You couldn't have missed it. So, but then he says, like, uh, or yeah, Frank asked Mr. Brown to tell him once more just when he had noticed the red hair. And Frank J. Brown said, or I'm sorry, Henry J. Brown says, after the fellow leaned down in the car and popped his head up again. So they they come to the conclusion it could be a wig. Or do they they come to that conclusion? Yeah, Frank and Joe exchange glances. Was it possible the red hair was a wig? And I'm thinking, do you think he has a hat on under that wig? (laughs) Is that where the hat is? The wig's just been covering up this whole time. It's a big wig covering the entire hat. No, but but that was just this moment where it's like, what a strange, like, well, after he leaned down and popped his head up again, that's when I noticed it was red. Yeah. Like, did you notice him lean down? I I feel like I would have noticed the change in hair color. Yes. If it was... Impossible to not notice the red. Yeah. I think you would have naturally noticed that it he wasn't went from red. red brown. Mo- yeah. And if it's a wig, it's a different hairstyle. It's not going to be a short, you know. Yeah, he didn't bend down and quickly wig, yeah. dye it. There, there wasn't hair dye in the in the wheel well of the car that it he was, was bending down. It had down to be and- a different length, a different style. It would have been clear that this man just removed a wig from his head. Yeah. Um, but I, I just thought it was strange that he didn't... that. Henry J. Brown didn't stop to be like, he could have put a wig on. I saw him suspiciously bend down in the car and pop yeah. back up with a different color uh, hair, but I didn't think anything of it except, wow, I'll never forget that that's red that's hair. Red hair. <laughs> that's hatless red hair, and don't you forget it. Couldn't miss that red hair. Um, and then the, the Hardy Boys finally make a good decision. Yeah. They, they're leaving the uh, police station, and they're saying you know we'll discuss this with dad maybe he'll have some leads 
which I'm like, but your dad doesn't know about this case yet. How is he going to have any any leads unless he has like a bank of people with red hairs? I wrote down my note in the margin is, uh, does he just have some? (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe he'll give us some leads from his box of leads. Here it you just go, so kids. happens, yeah, I have this box You said of hatless, right? Yeah. Oh, that narrows it down. This is like, guess who? And there's only three people who are hatless. Did he have pockets? <laughs> Did he have pockets where there cookies or tobacco in them? <laughs> and then we uh, we end this chapter with, I feel like, I after at the last chapter, I was like, man, I think every chapter ends with a cliffhanger. Yeah, in and which cliff- I need to go on and read. Yeah, the cliffhanger here is the same thought was running through Frank and Joe's minds. Maybe this mystery would turn out to be their first case. <laughs> I feel like they've been on a lot of cases, too, is the thing. And they're saying their first solo case, but they just said, let's go talk to Dad. This isn't a solo case anymore. This is yeah, a collaboration with Yeah, they've also with collaborated Dad. with the police. Yeah. This is not... This is not anything that's different than what they've been doing. No, this is... It's a bullshit. It's a bullcrap ending. Yeah. And, and not quite a cliffhanger, but... Without further ado, chapter three. See, I like I like when you rhyme. What rhymes with three? Without, I don't know. without further ado. Uh, oh man, I'm on the spot here. This is yeah. Tough. I'm gonna put you on the spot. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what comes from chapter three. <laughs>